Welcome to Don't Be Alarmed, We're Negroes, the podcast where we take a colorful look at life, diversity, and the game of golf from the other side of the green. Over the next hour and change, you will definitely hear explicit perspectives penetrating your ear. Enjoy! Casey's on the beats, yeah. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Negro, please. Greet, Negroes. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Greet, Negroes. Welcome to Don't Be Alarmed, we're Negroes. I'm a Negro. You're a Negro. Won't you be a Negro too? Hey, Suge, what's happening? How are you doing? Feeling, man. Just, uh, you know, here for the listeners again on uh, on our 14th podcast. So we've got to put that number out there and increase our audience. So we appreciate y'all for listening. we got a great show for y'all today. Yes, indeed. And it's Cinco de Mayo. So mm-hmm. it should be a good time. We're going to turn up and have a couple of drinks. And uh, just run through some golf stuff. So tell us what we're going to cover today. So this week, uh, we're always going to, you know, get into the Tiger news. We got a we got a couple things and throw some curveballs at y'all this week. But uh, also going to discuss last week's PGA Valspar Championship and the uh, the HBC Women's Championship, which took place over in uh, over in Asia. We're also going to get into this week's PGA Wells Fargo Championship the Honda LPGA Thailand event. And then for diversity, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, So stay tuned for that. uh, Definitely. There's some good things we're going to cover there. Uh, We're going to get into the front nine favorite East coast rappers. So as always, we're going to hit you with the fire. Um, So listeners, let us know what you think about uh, our choices and send in your own going to get into the back nine where we're going to talk about pars and prep the weekly segment what are we hating on and the gigging song of the week y'all gonna love this man we found we found a we found a gem for y'all and it's a it's a voice that y'all gonna remember so i'm not even gonna tell y'all what it is till the end yes indeedy yes indeed so for the tiger news of the week i'm not even gonna play the growl because it's not much of a news this week uh, we're just hoping that he continues to uh, rest up and get well. Um, it's kind of nice that he's not out in the news and people are not bothering him. So I uh, appreciate that. But we're going to kick it to something different. We got a couple of guests today. We got the nature boy with us. We got MD, the doctor with us, you know, the good doctor. Uh, they're joining us. And so uh, welcome back, fellas. We appreciate you joining it's good to be back. Number 14, you guys are doing it. Right on. Woo! Yes, sir. The Nature yeah, Boys in the you. house. Thank you for having me back. This is amazing every time. Congrats on 14. Thank you. Thank you. So did you guys hear about this uh, Super League Golf, which was – uh, named the Premier Golf League before, but they changed the name to the Super League Golf. And 
they want to bring people in in this format where it could be teams. Um, they're going to pay this money. The money is backed by s- some Saudi backers, I guess. Um, but it's ruffled some feathers uh, within the PGA. And we kind of talked about it last week about how the PGA was going to bring in an extra $40 million to the top players. Um, that was a way for them to try to keep their players. And it was on the hush hush on the down low. Um, and so the PGA commissioner came out and made a statement today and basically said, if you join this, you're out here. So want to get your thoughts on one, the super league of golf. And then what do you think about the commissioner? Definitely think the super league of golf is a direct competition uh, to the PGA and what it stands for and tradition. So I think that anything that is really going to touch that or compete with that is, is not going to be well received. Um, so the super league of golf, I think is, it's almost, um, and, and we've talked about this, you know, there's courses out here that, that, um, you know, that, that were very strict. Um, and, you know, there's an example out here where there was, uh, women weren't allowed to play on a certain course. So there was, uh, a very rich gentleman who, who collected funds and he built his own golf course in here in Colorado because he said, you know, my wife should be able to golf. Um, so that's one story that we'll get into in depth one day, but I think, just thinking about it in terms of that, anything that challenges tradition and then it is different, um, people are going to want to do it. And this league is built because it's it's for it's for folks that want to have tournaments that are just not always U.S. based. I think they want to expand and do some things overseas. And there's big money over there. And I think for me, when I look at this and how they're backing the money, it it kind of is shaky for me as a little little bit off because it reminds me of what they were doing with FIFA and, and all the, you know, um, the soccer shit over there. So, you know, to me, it's a little suspect. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think the PGA tour commissioner put his foot down. Um, but I would be interested to see how many guys on the tour really actually go against it uh, to, to cross that line. What do you guys think? I think that, uh, I mean, I don't think this thing is going to really take off. I mean, when you talk about the PGA and, I mean, these guys are talking about trying to pick off like the top 40 players in the world. Uh, I, I don't think that really does anything for your league. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can pay them all the money in the world, but when you look at the numbers and what drives golf, we don't really, I mean, we, we like to see the stars, but it's the courses. It's the courses that drive viewership. You know, the Masters get numbers. U.S. Open gets numbers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think you, regardless of what players may defect, you're still going to have the PGA is, is really shouldn't worry, um, which on the flip end, you know, the flip side of that is funny to me that the commissioner put his foot down so adamantly today or yesterday, whatever it was, because that sounds fearful to me, the way he, he threw it down like that. Just like, you guys go over there, you're done. Yep. Um, you know, that just sounds a little little shook. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think you might get some defectors. And really, I think those defectors are looking for that payday. And to me, and I think kind of 
you know, the United States in general, that's going to come off as you're going to get that money, that paycheck over there because you can't earn it here. Mm. I think that's going to be the mindset and sort of the attitude towards this new league if it does, in fact, you know, form and, and take off. I mean, they, there was rumors that they were offered Phil like 100 mil. Well, that's all well and good, but Phil ain't good no more. So take them. You can have them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's 50 a calf, um, brother. That's 50 a calf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's 50 mil a calf right there. So, um, <laughs> But, yeah, at the end of the day, man, it's it's about the tradition. It's about the courses. I mean, you see when Hideki won the Masters, he goes back to Japan, and the prime minister is giving him the prime minister award, which is like the highest honor <laughs> for winning the Masters. That's not happening if he wins some tournament in you know, Dubai or whatever they're going to have these tourneys. So um, I, I really don't think it's a, a serious threat. It, it might form and might start, but, you know, ultimately they're not going to have any advertising dollars. I mean, they got money back in it now, but how do you keep it going? So I, I don't think it's an issue. So the, this is going to have to play at night. They're going to have to play at <laughs> night because it's so fucking hot there. Well, the problem is, though, and the PGA brought it on themselves because the PGA is stands for pitiful, grumpy attitude, right? These motherfuckers, stuffy, doing everything, kind of reminds me of the NFL at times, the no fun league, just a bunch of bullshit with their athletes. Um, and a lot of the golfers are not happy with the PGA for sure, like on how things are run or whatever. Now they're getting paid and stuff like that, too. But how come... We can't do both. Like, why does it have to be one dog versus the other, right? Why can't we just coexist and let these athletes get their damn money and we benefit from it because we're watching golf all over, right? Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah, you see it as competition, but break bread. Let's, let's let these athletes get out there and do something. Cause what if Tiger says, fuck it? Okay. I'm, I'm close, right? So, Maybe my body won't hold up. So he decides to go and grab the bag, right? Then what? He moves the needle. Then what? Yeah, I think then tradition is out the window. For some, not all. Not this. I agree with everything everybody has said. Um, And each of your comments spurred something else that I thought about. So, you know, on this podcast, we've talked about that you need money to play golf, like even getting on the tour, you you need money, you need sponsorship money, right? So, you know, I agree, why can't they just do maybe like block out a month or I, I don't know, like, it's, it's a way for people to get money that they didn't have before to go on the PGA Tour, if that's their, their goal. So I can see a benefit of that. Um, and then Reggie, you had talked about like, or what you had said spurred in my head, like I think the PGA needs to do a better job of making golf more global, like, you know, expanding their tour to other places, um, I think would be cool. So maybe this pushes them to kind of go there a little bit. Um, and then what about this crazy off the wall idea? What if they just did one tourney, one tourney a year, you know, like I think they could still, you know, if they have all this money to do a whole, to do a whole tour, do like one giant tournament with some crazy payday that is just out of this world, like make it so different that, okay, it's intriguing. Um, 
And then E, you talked about the NFL. When we, when I was first reading about this, I thought of the XFL versus the NFL. That's kind of like how I see the dynamic here of, you know, the no fun league, right? Mm-hmm. And the XFL, their big shtick was like, we do things different. We're going to, you know, so, you know, I, I, I agree with everything you guys said. And, you know, I mean, I see pros and cons to it. The tradition of golf is, is unlike any other, right? But um, I also think, it's a, you know, it's a rich white man sport. Let's shake it up. So, you know, yeah, I think that the, you know, the other thing about it is when you compare it to the NFL, I mean, one of the things that keeps the NFL so popular is, you know, for better, or for worse, there's no guaranteed contracts. So this new golf league is essentially trying to do that. They're trying to just give these guys, here's $40 million to come play with us. You get that money regardless. So then what happens to your competitiveness when you get a $40 million payday, you're just a show pony at that point. Do you really care if you com- you're actually competing? And so I think that's kind of, you know, another downfall of this is you don't have to earn your way. You don't have to play well to get your money. So is it going to be that good of a product, you know, that's, that they're actually putting out there? Screw that. Well, I think some of the pros though, like now, Right. So they decide what tournaments they go through. Right. So Tiger maps out who they're going to go through and then what sponsors he's going to get and what kickbacks they're going to get. So a lot of golfers, they decide whether they want to go to a tournament based off of not the competitiveness, but sometimes it's all right. The sponsor said they're going to give me a hundred thousand dollars to show up right outside of the purse money to show up and I get that money whether I make that cut or not, right? So how many deals like that are going on, right? So this week in in the tournament that's playing this week, we got 10 of the 15 top 10 of the top 15 players playing in this tournament. So what kind of kickbacks are they getting? Like they show up, they're getting money no matter what. Sponsors, everything, kick kickbacks and stuff. So whether they you make the cut or that. not, right? They're going to get paid. They're just not going to get the big paycheck. So for me, like, so you make a good point, MD, but also I look at it as this is their job, right? And so Phil always thanks Tiger for bringing money to golf, always. He says, hey, he made me who I am with this money and stuff like that. And a lot of these golfers thank Tiger for that. Um, money plays a big aspect in it. Nobody wants to go out and work. Like we love golfing and stuff, but if it was our job, it's our job. We want to get that check. So you got to, at the end of the day, you got to watch out for your family and stuff like that. Now, if the, the lower tier players run there, we're, we're definitely not messing with that league for sure. So the one, here's what I'll say about that league. You know, they, I, for what, for what it is, whether it works or not. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm of the opinion that, go get it what what why should i have to be tied down to any specific league if i'm good enough to play so if i can qualify for either one then okay like in the pga you don't sign a contract right you don't sign a do i mean how does that work they're kind of independent contractors right if that's how i see it yeah but they are a member of the pga right but so you'd have to look at their laws, right? So in their in their in their laws, does it say that they can't go and play for another organization? I don't know about their laws, but their commissioner just came out today and said, "You are not going." Yeah, <laughs> so, basically. What about this? My, question, my question would be: Is would that hold up in court? But before we get to that point, 
I think this super, uh, this super league golf or whatever it's called, they have some interesting concepts of team golf, different types of events. Maybe that's something that, that, that maybe they could do like to your, to the point of having kind of one big ass tournament. Maybe it's something that's so unique that it's different from what we typically see. Maybe that could be their edge. And if y'all, y'all, if y'all take that, there's a, you can, you can kick a heavy donation to the hard knock slice tour that happens every summer in Denver, Colorado. Yes, indeed. We're looking for funding. Yes. They're going to get these tea times paid for. Yep. We'll take it. (laughs) Well, and, and Reg, like a question I have too, is like, if they, if, is it a lifetime ban from the PGA? If you were to go and play, play a year, go make your money and then, you still want to be like, you want the prestigious label that comes with golf, but go make your money and then go chase the trophies, right? Where money doesn't matter because that plays into it too. Right. I mean, I, I shared with you guys that I played for money last week and, and it was brutal. I, I, you know, I choked, it was, it, it messed with my head. Right. So, you know, I think that's a question of I'll go work for a year at a different place come, you know, get my money. So I don't have to worry about money again. And then I'll come back and try to, you know, I, I don't know. I see that as, as a, you know, if you're going to commit for a year, fine, you're gone for a year, come back. The commissioner was not having any pieces of that. He was mentioning bans, finding, finding like, people. Where, you know, what, what, what is his, what is his power? Like that's, that's Legal. my, yeah. like, Legal you know, um, Bud Selig can't stop people from going to Japan and playing right? I mean, Goodell can't stop players from going and playing in the XFL. I mean, it, it, what, why, why is golf all, all like that powerful or not? Why is it? I don't, I'm assuming that based on the commissioner's comments, he has that power, but I, I don't know because golf has never been challenged like this before. So this is, you know, kind of cool to see too. So. Mm-hmm. I think challenge any, any kind of competition to make anything that is traditional and make you think of it's kind of, it might rock the foundation of what, of who they really are. And I think maybe that's why you see such a strong, you know, um, opinion from the commissioner because it did kind of make them, I'm not saying that I'm not saying they're shook shook, but what I'm saying is like, it kind of made them have to think about, what what if you know what i mean like that that's a that's a difficult question to ask when you've never had to ask that question before well we'll we'll figure it out in 2022 it's not happening this year mm-hmm. um so the pga is safe right now speaking of the pga we had the uh, valspar championship um and the lpga we had the hsbc women's championship so uh let's get into the valspar championship um, some good play out there. My picks, uh, they started out pretty good. I had Corey Connors and Paul Casey and, you know, I was hoping Casey would do something special, but there was one guy, uh, in our group here that appears on our show that, uh, had an underdog pick and he ended up winning this thing. So, uh, big win for Sam Burns. Um, he got paid. Keegan Bradley tried to stay close. Um, there's a lot of crazy shots and everything going on. And, uh, 
you know, it was an overall good tournament. So MD was the guy who chose Sam Burns. Um, yeah, it was not the only one that got paid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah I, I gave you all Sam Burns at 70 to 1. You need to take that advice. I also give you Patrick Reed. So, <clears throat> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been kind of waiting on Burns because, you know, he was playing good early in the year. I think he was like, well, he was top three at, at Riviera. And then I saw some stat where he's actually the PGA leader for being the leader or tied at the end of a any given round, uh, he's the leader in, on the tour. So he's there all the time. And that's kind of my downfall. I'm picking these, these underdogs and they're making it to, to Saturday morning and they're up there top three and then they just crash. And so Burns was on top. I was like, ah, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to yep. crash in the last two days, but he held together, man. He, he, uh, he, was, he was strong through the stretch. No doubt. And, uh, you know, with the minus 17, man, he, he took home that 1.2 mil. So he's man. been chasing that win for a while, too. Yeah, for sure. Well, this well, is a good it was a good reminder that this is that it's it is anybody any week. There's so much good golf happening and it's a different person each week. Like, you know, there were a lot of top players that played in this one and it, you know, he he. He, he finally got it, but it's another indication of it's really there's 10, 15, 20 different people each week that could pop. And you're like, okay, I can see that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good for golf for sure. And you saw guys that had a chance, like they were trying to compete and they were, they were right there with them. But I think the thing that I think kind of set him different is even when he had a, he had a bad shot kind of on the, on the back nine, I don't remember what hole it was, but he did have a bad shot and he was able to kind of, you know, calm down. He got, he got right back, uh, right back in, in alignment and was able to to just get out of trouble. And so I think that's something to be said about him too, because that's, I think something that has troubled him in the past and he was finally able to get over that, that barrier. So it was, uh, even at the end, it was, it was, uh, you could see how much it meant to him because his family was there and that was pretty, that was pretty cool. And I don't, you know, um, you know, that those are, those are kind of sentimental moments. And sometimes, you know, you wish the cameras were away, but for that moment, for him, it was pretty cool to watch that. You could tell he was nervous because on the 18th, he missed that little short putt there yeah. and he had enough room yeah. to blow that putt, but he was like, okay, let me get myself together and just tap this in. So it was cool to see, um, you know, tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. Cause you know, it, he was going for that win for so long and been so close and working so hard and sacrificing and doing all these things. And it finally paid off. So now we'll see, uh, you know, what this does for his game and his confidence and continue to push him uh, yeah. through the rest of the season. You know, the one thing about that tournament too, and I, I just, just a question for you guys. Have, do you think this will ever happen in, in your golf game? But there was one, uh, one golfer out there who had a round with only 20 putts. Think uh, about that. Uh, no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's possible, but the only way I see that happening is when my lob, 
wedge game is just super tight and I'm chipping on for, for double or triple already. <laughs> and then I'm just hitting one putts in off my log wedge. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh that's insane, man. I think my lowest is like 27, 28. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm you definitely... have, if you have 20 putts in the front nine, you know, that's not the greatest, but that's still two putting almost every hole, which that's, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Shit. You know, I, I, I'm taking that in 2K all day, 20 putt round. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Reg, give yourself some credit. Your putting is, is the best part of your game, man. So I'm working on it, man. He's working you on it. You got a good 90-degree wedge. I'm in the lab for sure. For sure. Let's swing over to the women's. They, we had the HSBC Women's Championship. Um, it was actually a really good tournament. Um, I'm going to butcher her first name, but I think it's Hoyo Ju Kim. Hoy Ju Kim. Uh, Hoy. Hoy Ju Kim. Okay. Uh, she was 17 under also. What a coincidence. And she only won uh, $240,000. Uh, she had a full face guard. Uh, Hannah Green uh, pretty much gave it away. Uh, Lydia Co hit some great shots. Um, that shit was crazy. Yeah, man. for sure. If you haven't seen it, go out there and, and look that up on YouTube. She hit a shot that was and uh, actually went in for eagle, bounced off another player's ball, and just went in. Yep. Nice. The top five ladies were close with negative uh, fifteen or better. Um, so Saturday's rounds were were great, um, great back and forth tournament. It's it's a great presence to watch the ladies just being out there battling. The game is coming along. They're scoring high. Um, at, Reg, I'm with you. Like a few weeks ago, you were like, man, these girls are scoring so high and playing so well. They might have to move back a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So sure, man. I don't know. Maybe My, and they, the way they hit their like some of their tee shots, man, like they it's like, what the fuck? Where did that rocket come from? Because them they be hitting it hard, far up and just, you know, I admire that shit because that's what I'm trying to get to. No doubt. No doubt. So the ladies were out there and they were trying to keep their skin nice and uh, soft. And this week. The golfers are going to head and travel and play in destinations that are very warm. So you want to protect your skin. So let's hear from Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Hey, golfer, gals and gents. This is Ashley Knight, founder and owner of For Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Plan on hitting the links? Then you need sunscreen. 80% of all skin aging comes from the sun. So protect yourself while you're on the green with Image Skin Care, available only through a trusted esthetician like me. When I'm outdoors, my go-to sunscreen is the Prevention Plus Daily Ultimate Protection Moisturizer, SPF 50. A friend of this podcast is a friend of mine. So enter coupon code DON'TBEALARMED at checkout and you will receive 20% off your order. Again, enter coupon code DON'TBEALARMED at checkout to receive 20% off all orders. You can find us at www.youreyesonlyaesthetics.com. Again, that's www.youreyesonlyesthetics.com. Yes, indeed. Stay lathered up out there, people. 
So we're going to roll into this week's tournaments. So, Reg, what do we have up first? So we're going to talk about this Wells Fargo Championship. Um, Max Homa was the 2019 winner. Uh, he shot a uh, four-round total of 269 and finished with a minus 15 and took home $1.4 million. So that's not bad for a day's work, you know, for a day's work on getting it in on Sunday. Yep. Um, no 2020 tournament due to COVID. Um, this year's tourney is at the Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. par of 71 with uh, 7,600 total yards. Um, and what's cool about this course is that it's actually going to host the uh, President's Club in 2020. There is a 8.1 million total purse for this this uh, up for dibs this weekend. Uh, this is a George Cobb course, which was um, unveiled in 1961. And then um, there was actually updates that have been made to this this course from Arnold Palmer and Tom Fazio. And they made some updates. Uh, I think the um, they were in, I can't remember when the updates were made, but I think it was in the, uh, I think the 90s, I believe. And then uh, the first tournament of this, uh, this uh, the first Wells Fargo tournament um, took place in 2003. So 500 FedEx Cup points up to the winner and uh, fans allowed with social distancing and masks required. So uh, what do you guys think about this tournament? Let's get into the picks. Well, there's going to be big dogs for sure this week because 10 of the top 15 players are playing in this week. And this course is set up for people that can drive the shit out the wall. So if all your big hitters are going to be looking to unleash the Kraken for for real this week. So um, that should be dope to see some long-ass drives. So I'll hold my picks for last. Let's, Let's swing it to MD since he picked correctly last week. Let's see what you got. Oh, man, you guys, you know, looking for somewhere to put your mortgage payment? Uh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'll give you, I'll give you two. I usually give like a top 10 in the odds and then, you know, some, some, uh, you know, underdog there. So I'm going to go Corey Connors. I mean, he's not top 10 in the odds. He's like top 14. Um, but he's at 35 to one this week. Um, he's been playing really well. His putting was terrible last week. Just awful. Yes. And he still finished 21st. Yep. So he just needs to get that corrected. And then my long shot this week, uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Wise. He's actually played well at this course before. Mm-hmm. And he's at 125 to 1. So, you know, Sam Burns, thank you, but let's make some real money. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Dope. Nature Boy, what you got? Well, I'm going to go, um, like, I don't want to call it an easy pick, but uh, John Rahm, you know, he had the baby right before the Masters, still finished top five, took a week off, right? I think he's 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 acclimated to being a father as much as you can, I guess, when they're that little, but um, I see him, he's like, he's waiting to, to, to win something this year, him and DJ really, well, I guess DJ won one tournament, but um, so I'm going John Rom, not much of a sleeper, but my sleeper that I, um, that I am going to pick, 
it's not much of a sleeper, but I think it's someone else who can really drive the ball. Uh, and he played with, I think he played with Corey Connors at the, uh, oh, the, Z- the Zurich, mm-hmm. Zurich, right? Uh, so I'm going to go with Tony Finau as my, you know, he's, I'm not going to say he's been forgotten, but I feel like he's been forgotten. Um, and I think this course sets up nice for him. So those, those are my two. I like it. Should. Top top ten money on Finau all day long. Yeah, for sure. He <laughs> <laughs> just can't close it. I mean, I just man, I feel so bad for that dude, man. I really do. Hey, he's getting paid. You should too. I, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. that's true. And I don't, I don't feel bad for Patrick Reed at all. I really don't. I just, just we, I don't think anybody does. We know you don't, Shug. Yeah, I just had to throw that in there. Um, but uh, yeah, um. For me, I think I agree with you, Mathis. I think uh, John Rahm, I like him. I think he's been like a sleeping giant waiting to wake up. And I think he's going to have a strong tournament this weekend. And I'm going to go with Ill Will Zalatoris, man. I like that dude. Hmm. So I'm going to go with those are those are my two picks. I got John Rahm at 12 to 1. So it's really not making any bread. Uh, Zalatoris will get you a little bit, but he ain't getting you that, that 125. But he'll get you thirty to one. Mm. Well, my pick to win it. I always want to see JT do well. I think he's going to play well, but I'm going to put all of it on Tony Fee now. I think he closes out this week. I just have a oh. I have a feeling that he's going to come and close out because he's just been playing well, and we've all been on the Fee now train ever since this pod has started and everything. This is the week he gets it done. So I'm gonna do a Charles Barkley. I guarantee. No, I ain't gonna go that far. But, but uh, <laughs> that was no, I, yeah, I think he's he's gonna do well. So I'm a, I'm gonna go with Fee now, and then JT is the sleeper um, since he's been playing pretty well and finishing some stuff too. So we're the the top leader um, in the FedEx Cup race too. So he might have to go out there and show out. Yeah, he needs some points because people are coming up on him a little bit. What do we have as the as far as the ladies, Shug? So this is the Honda LPGA Thailand. Um, so this is at the and I don't I don't I'm probably gonna butcher this name, but give it a try anyway. But uh, Pata, Pataya. I'm gonna go, go Pataya. I'm gonna go Pataya. <laughs> <laughs> the old course in. Um, I think this is Chonburi, Thailand. Nice. Um, and this is a, I'm going to, man, this is a, this is a gentleman who was a doctor who actually brought this course to life. <laughs> uh, it was founded in 1971, man. I'm going to butcher that name. So I'm just not even going to go there. <laughs> but it uh, founded in 1971, but updated in 2007. It's a par 72 course, a uh, very beautiful course. If you haven't gone out there and checked it out, um, go out there and, and look at the um, look at the website for this uh, golf tourney, and um, it's it's a beautiful course, man. So six thousand five hundred seventy six total yards. This tourney has a total of one point six million dollar purse. Um, this event started in two thousand and six, uh, and there was no tourney last year due to COVID. And Amy Yang was the two thousand and nineteen winner of this tourney. Um, so no fans at this event just because of. Uh, COVID restrictions. Um, and so that, uh, those are the highlights. Um, and some of the, some of the, um, the top golfers, uh, on the LPGA will be out there. 
this week. I think I'm not sure and I haven't seen any news, but I know they started they started today. Um, and I think there were they're actually probably golfing like right now. They sure. might be golfing like as we as we're on this podcast. So right. um, some of the um, the top uh, golfers are out there this uh, this weekend. So the ladies are going to be getting it, getting it. So let's just throw out a couple of picks out there real quick. If you have some picks for this one, I know um, I'm going I'm to go with Lydia Ko and uh, Danielle Kang. I'm staying mm-hmm. on the Kang train. You know what I'm saying? That's that's yeah. about it. I, I think is good. Um, I think she's a she's definitely a winner. Um, and I think she might, if mm-hmm. I remember, might be the the top, or she's towards the top in the CME Globe uh, winning standings. And then I'm going to put throw Amy Yang up there too. Nice. Yeah, Amy Yang has won three of the last five years, and the only two other two winners were uh, trying to figure out which Corda. Jessica Corda, I think, and Lexi Thompson. So, and both of them aren't going to be there. So, I'm going Amy Yang. So, sounds like she's got it on lock. Mm-hmm. I will be the third to agree there. Okay, there we go. Let's see how she does. Uh, should be some good golf if you're up uh, right now, or when this podcast comes out, you probably won't be. They won't be playing, but uh, get up at night and watch a little ladies golf. It'll be live. So one of our favorite segments is the front nine on here. And this week, because we love music so much, um, we are going to hit it with the East Coast rappers, our favorite East Coast rappers. You know? Yes, sir. And so we're going to roll with that. Um, and we're going to get everyone's picks on that and some of you guys are going to hate because there's a lot of east coast rappers to choose from this list is our own personal list and if you don't like them fuck off you know it is what it is and you can uh make a mention of it on our twitter at the negroes or you can hit us up at don't be alarmed we're negroes pod on instagram and talk your shit so throw your list out there too yeah so we can talk about your shit exactly um, and so let's go with the uh, front nine. We're going to start with uh, the nature boy. All right. Well, these lists are always <laughs> so hard, so hard. Um, you know, I feel like like they're actually listening to this and they're going to, you know, who I leave out is going to call me and, and let me have it for not bringing them up. So we'll just we'll just go with it. Um, Biggie, Jay, um, yes, sir. Most deaf, uh, Big L. I, I haven't, it's funny. I, I haven't listened to Big L. It's been years. It's, it had, I will own that. I'm, I'm out of, he's out of rotation right now, but you know, again, every time I'm on this cast, you guys remind me of something or you teach me something new. So, you know, he'll be back in rotation, but you know, big L for sure. Um, KRS one, mm-hmm. like, it, I don't know. His voice just does something to me that, that that's, that's enjoyable. Anyways, uh, LL Cool J. Uh, he is, he, he was so influential in my hip hop bringing up and like, 
he was my I got yelled at for listening to Mama Said Knock You Out and my mom thought it was a, a rock song. So that just tells you <laughs> the house I was growing up in. Um let's see, I don't I lost count of how many that is. Uh Run DMC, Tribe. It, it, I mean it's just I'm just gonna stop there. I'll say this. Nas is I always appreciated his place in hip hop, but then I saw him at Red Rocks and it was just it was insane and then look wu-tang is in a class all by itself because they have like you know that was their whole goal let's bring the best from new york together so i feel like they're in their own category of just like they changed the game and how it was done so i don't know how many that was i'm just gonna stop there. yeah and, and Wu was for the children shout out right so uh md you're up next uh well so I guess we're, we're talking about favorite East Coast rappers, right? So mm-hmm. I guess I need some clarification, first of all, um, what East Coast means and, and is Toronto East Coast? Um, ask we, Chuck. <laughs> but why would I ask Chuck that? Because um, he he knows. He might throw throw your guy up there. He might, yeah, throw, he he might throw Drake he in there. He he's a fan of the same platinum rapper from Toronto that I am. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm talking about snow. Yep. Oh, twelve inches of snow. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Um, okay. No Toronto. That's fine. He laid he laid the foundation for Drake though. Oh come hey, on! Man, he did. He went triple platinum with that album. <laughs> what was his you song? Was it the informer? Informer. Yeah. Well, among others. I mean, that's not. You don't sell three three million albums with just one song. (laughs) Um, Alive. Oh no, hashtag team. Oh yikes! (laughs) (laughs) Shots fired. And they're still getting paid. Yes, they are. But they're still getting paid. Yes, they are. Hey man, I'm not hating. That's just yeah, some funny shit that I had to say. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway, for real. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the quintessential Nas, J, Biggie, uh, you know, those are there already. Um, you know, I just broke it down to individual rappers, you know, kept groups out of it, but Q-Tip, uh, he's, he's up there for me. Buster Rhymes, obviously just the energy, um, you know, he's, he was always good in cameos. And then, you know, from the woo, I just I just picked Method Man out of there. Because Method Man, you know, when he came out with Decal, and even the albums after that, it was almost like he he had to keep putting verses on there as if other woo members were on the song with him. So this dude would just run for like 54, 60 bars mm-hmm. and just keep going because no one else showed up to the studio or whatever. He just kept going. I mean... Like on Tikal, on you know, I got my thing in action. He just keeps going, mm-hmm. and then on Judgment Day, uh, on Torture, Torture, he went for sixty bars on Torture, and no hooks, just kept going. Um, and then outside of that, uh, Talib Kweli, mm-hmm. I got him up there, um, but I, I treat Kweli like I treat Kanye, like. 
early quality, not late quality. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you know, the reflection eternal quality, black star quality. Yeah. One and a half albums after that quality. And then beyond that, it just got, you know, it, it just didn't really quite curl over for me. So, um, and then obviously shooting off of that most deaf, I mean, most deaf is probably my favorite rapper of all time. Mm. Um, Black on both sides is easily in my top five albums, you know, without a doubt. Um, and then even on on his uh, his second album, uh, that song called Panties, go check it out. Yes. Dance to that song with my wife at my wedding. And that song, whatever you need it for, it's going to help you out. I agree. Without a doubt. Um, so that's eight. Uh, then after that, I got maybe, you know, one of the best MCs, Black Thought. Black Thought can do anything. He can switch his, his style up for whatever. And I don't see many that can take him out in a freestyle. Mm -hmm. It just ain't happening. He's called. That's my nine. And he'll show, he'll show, Black Thought will show up on just random, you know, hits and yeah. throw bars and yeah. bars. And I bars agree. Out. Oh, yeah, he's, he's on so many cameos. It's like, he's all over the place. No doubt. And got his own, and, and, and you know, not to say they got their own stuff that's solid too, you know. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into any of the ones that have already been said. I, I agree with all of those. Um Woo to me, any anybody in Woo, there's some that are better than others, obviously. But you know, there's a there's a, a you know a, a strong solid um, rotation of Woo always in in my uh, playlist. Um, Master Ace, man, Master Ace to me has influenced rap for a long time. So I will give it to him. I will put him on my list. And if y'all hate, you better go back and listen to the cuts that he put out because. <laughs> He's influenced a lot of cats that y'all are talking about um, or even thinking about putting on your list. Um, Busta Rhymes, obviously. Uh, Red Man. Anybody with the same name, I'm going to rock with you. Mm -hmm. So, um, Except Reggie Evans. So, <laughs> wow. Um, Rockham. Microphone Fiend. Changed my life. When I heard that, that was like, that's all I want. Like once I heard that song, I was like, there's gotta be more like this. Like this, that was my, that was my cut, man. Um, y'all said Sean, uh, y'all said Nas, but I'm gonna put Sean, uh, Sean Price up there. Sean P that's uh rest in peace, man. If you don't know who Sean P is, go out there and uh, check out his catalog. Um, big pun. I'm gonna throw him up there as well. Very influential. Um, so many hits from that cat, and uh, till this day, I think uh, if y'all don't know, they they actually named a block, I believe, um, in New York after him. So there was a whole ceremony uh, for that. So if you haven't checked that out, I would advise you to go and do that. Um, PE and Big L. Nice. Well, you guys said a lot of the ones I I loved. Uh, Red Man sticks out for me because that Muddy Waters album is is something else. Um, 
Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. I love the smooth ass style that he has, and he comes with it with that style, and he gets the ladies. Can't complain about that. Slick Rick always told a story, was a big influence to Snoop, um, everybody out there. But uh, Children's Story by far was, and Lottie Dottie was one of my favorite songs growing up, period. But Children's Story to this day, you turn it on, and I still rap to it. So I'm with that. Um, some of the others, like I throw Fife in there because Fife always has some cool punchlines from Tribe. Uh, along with Q-Tip. Um, and then, I don't know if he was the most lyricist, but he used to get down, and he's a big piece in New York. I'm going to throw out 50 out there, man. I'm going to throw 50 Cent out there. He, Hey, man, he was holding this thing out there, produced by Dr. Dre, signed by Eminem. He was doing this thing well before he got signed out there, had G-Unit, pulled out the game, exposed the game out there to people. Uh I mean, I, what more can you say? And he still is out there clowning people on Twitter and Instagram. So, fuck it. Yeah, I co-signed that, that Slick Rick pick. I mean, Slick Rick was – he was interesting because he kind of – his first album came out in, I think, 88. Mm-hmm. So, I think, it, I think it dropped, like, right after Rakim did. And, yeah, he just has that smooth storytelling – but then he came out with an album 11 years later in 1999. And he had a bunch of, you know, outcasts, you know, cameos on there or whatever. But he changed his style up and was just as relevant on that album sure. as any of his earlier stuff. I was like, damn, he's still coming with it. And after what being in jail and being like out of the country for however long. Right. Um, so yeah, I co-signed that pick and then, I mean, obviously, I mean, Rakim, that's, uh, that's one of those like pillars, yeah. you know, so you, you gotta have, you gotta have Rakim in there. Um, even though I'm, I'm a slight Rakim hater a little bit, <laughs> you know, he gets, he gets some props from like, for like, like transforming what rap was and, you know, basically taking it from nursery rhyme rap and like treating it with more of a, like modal jazz where you just got this beat and then you're just flowing over the top of it. So he did that, but a lot of other guys were doing that too. Sure. At the same time, it was like a whole movement happening. I mean, you can go and look, listen to all the stuff that came out. Well, Peyton Full came out at age seven, I think. Yep. And everybody was doing the same stuff. Everybody had the same James Brown samples. I mean, but they, I, Right, I, ain't right. no, I ain't no joke in Heavy D and the Boys were using the same samples, the same songs. Yes. But it sound, to me, it sounded, it, it just, it hit this. Well, Rakim was harder, though. That was the thing. It Rakim hit. was harder. It, even though he was still coming with a party vibe, everyone else was still in sort of their house party vibe, you know, because Heavy D was doing it. DJ Jazz, Jeff, and the Fresh Prince were doing that party vibe all over the same samples, all over the same cuts. But Rakim just came harder with it. See, but and now that was the difference for me. Rakim was more mental too. Like I thought he had, he was more mental. Like he would paint a story and tell you a whole story. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I could see the knocks. The one thing, one thing I want to tell you guys a story about Slick Rick. Okay, he came through in an old school concert, uh, and I don't remember where. It might have even been at like the, might have been at the Can. 
Okay. <laughs> this motherfucker was so high. He could barely like get it. he was he could barely get his shit out on stage. He was tore up, man. I felt man, my wife was like, What is is he rapping? Like, what is going on? Like we heard the music, but we didn't hear no words, man. They all came out mumbled, bro. It happens when you get on some of that Colorado smoke, yeah. you know. So. so Slick Rick never had a hype, man. Yeah, hey, you had a high, man. <laughs> he was there. He was lit. Lit. Cats was trying to help him hold his chains up and everything, dude. It was it was interesting. Wow. I, I still love my dude, though. He's- you guys remember concerts right around the time when weed got legalized? Like, the performers were so stoned for, like, a full year every time that you'd go to a Colorado show, right? Not saying they didn't have it before, but I, I, I promise you, I remember a lot of shows where they're like, oh, my God, it's, it's illegal here. It's a bit, like, they're just, it was a different show there for a little bit. Um, but going back to something that MD said, um, you know, one of the great things about making these lists is that that fine line of where are they in like hip hop history? And I just have to honor that. And where were they in my life? So, you know, that's, that's always, that's like that dividing line of who makes the top nine or whatever it is. So. Yeah. I had that conversation with B Coles was, you know, we do these lists, but you know, the parameters need to be like, you know, hyper like identified because you know, favorite is one thing. Significance is another thing. Um, you know, certain aspects of your skills, you know, you know, emceeing or, you know, just impact and landing at the right time. There's so many parameters to it. So, I mean, I actually like the designation favorite because it's like what meant, you know, what did it mean to you at the time you were listening to it? And, and that, that's a good way to look at it, I think. Well, and like, so because like we get to hear where every, and I think, you know, that's a great point. And in the end, most of our picks are like what really influenced us. So it's cool to hear the different stories about our different picks because, you know, it depends on where you were at that time in your life. Right. Like I've got, you know, artists that I didn't listen to until I was in my thirties. Well, I'm a lot different in my thirties than I was when I was first introduced to any kind of hip hop. Right. So, yeah. So the lists are awesome. Thanks for putting them out, gentlemen. And Goo, we didn't say one, one, one uh, guru. We didn't. I want to put him out there too. That's that one's hard for me, man. I mean, I I love Guru, but yeah, that one's hard to put out there. It's just yeah, I agree. I mean, you're the king of monotone, but you had. I mean, you had a lot of you had a lot of whack corny stuff, Guru. I mean, I, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean. DJ Premier held you down on a lot of that stuff, and Ether sometimes what makes it though. And shout I mean, out to it, shout out to C Pipes for rapping our uh, guru to to the females back in the day, like he uh, wrote it. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm shooting a text out right now. For <laughs> <laughs> that, C Pipes, next time you're on the pod. He used to, he said, I was raised like a Muslim. I remember him rapping that to it, <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> so shout out C pipes on that. You gonna kill us for that? <laughs> oh, and LL doesn't get enough props too. I mean, he started. Yeah. I, so everybody gets on him with the with the because I mean, ladies love. So he's got to do the lady stuff, but he comes out hard. And every once in a while, like so when he came out with Hey Lover and all that stuff, right? 
And then everyone was like, oh, he's soft. And then you had the 3-2-1 where he had all these guys on there. He killed cannabis again. You know, it's just like, hey, he 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 can come out and do that stuff. And and then Crush Groove, he was the hardest motherfucker then. I can't I can't lie. He he went hard. He said, hit the beat. Dude hit the button and he went off, man. And Jam Master J was going to shoot him. And if you look at the movie closely, he was like, man, get this little hoodlum out of here. So LL was, was for real. Yeah. That's another one where, yeah, I mean, he has his importance, he has his place, and I think most recognize it, but I'm not going to pick up my, my daughter at daycare bumping LL tomorrow. Man, that, that Hey Lover was serious, though. That was getting you a lot of play back in the day, for sure. I hit that booming system, maybe. But. Oh, that booming system rocks. So, And some of y'all Griselda cats is, is definitely getting towards the top. Uh, make eking towards that top of that list too. Well, we had a diverse um, range of picks for this East Coast, um, and we want to jump into our diverse topic. And uh, we just want to discuss the news that came out. Uh, Pine Valley was finally allowing women to be members of this country club, um, and it's been over a hundred years. So. You got to wonder, you know, why the change of heart? I mean, it's about fucking time. Um, I mean, I think Augusta National allowed his first female in 2012. And I think that member was uh, Condoleezza Rice. Um, and what's funny is there is still maybe a couple of handfuls of clubs, uh, golf clubs out there that still don't allow women. So, what do you guys think about women being allowed on these golf courses or not being allowed? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the announcement, yeah, I mean, it's good. You guys are going to allow women. That's, that's awesome. But um, at the same time, let's not go around, you know, patting yourself on the back or anything like that. Um because the reality is, is you can say you're allowing women, but you're still going to be hyper exclusive. Um, it's not like, the, you know, the floodgates are opening or anything like that. And, you know, just the comment from that I was reading the comment from the, the president still tells me that they don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more like you're just you're trying to get the props for it, but. You know, he came out and said, I think his quote was, uh, um, I believe this puts us on the right side of history. And this may be a argument of, you know, semantics of the wording, but no, it doesn't put you on the right side of history. Your history for 108 years still is what it is. You're just now turning a new leaf and moving in a new direction. You know, you didn't absolve everything that happened the last 108 years with your little announcement that, you know, <laughs> like you were saying with Augusta National, you let Condoleezza in. All right. So that's one. So it's by no means floodgates. Mm-hmm. You can pat yourselves on the back if you want, but, you, you know, you're changing your policies. That, that's great. But, you know, let's let's not uh, make it more than it actually is. I agree. And the the thing that's shocking is the ones that are out there like still not allowing women, right? Like what 
is the deal. So there was kind of a list out there, these courses that they said were in a dinosaur age. So Royal Troon in Scotland, Murrowfield East in Scotland, California Golf Club or San Francisco. Um, I believe the Royal Troon and Murrowfield allowed women after 2016 and 2019. But California Golf Club of San Francisco, Butler National Golf Club in Illinois, Bobo Link Club Golf Club in Illinois, Burning Tree Club Maryland in Maryland, and Black Sheep Golf Club in Illinois is still close to women. So that's three courses in Illinois, which is kind of crazy. So Illinois has something against the ladies. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, and your shit. No. And I, I, I just want I want to follow you because I just want to say what he said, and I agree. But then I wouldn't have much to talk about because like it's like you're looking at my notes, right? And the quote is, you know, remember we don't want to be on the wrong side of history, and that does not acknowledge women at all. It doesn't acknowledge, <laughs> you know, that 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 statement is is so hollow. And then the thing that that's funny is that, you know, this is the number one rated golf course in America. Right. Um, and it wouldn't be there if it wasn't for a woman who in the article talks about saved the course from bankruptcy um, in it's like 1924. So that just tells you like their real MO is, well, yeah, we're, we're doing this probably because we, you know, we're, and I'm using air quotes for those that are not watching, which is nobody, you know, they're woke <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, because, <laughs> you know, they were saved by a woman almost a hundred years ago. And now they're just letting their, you know, letting women in for the first time. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know, apply, rinse, repeat, you know, the American history, just it's same old BS. I mean, yeah, whatever. I, I'm not even going to give them the props of doing it because it's whatever. This was not done out of remorse or, you know, learning about the history of, of, of the United States and trying to make positive change. You know, this is, it's, it's bullshit, whatever. So. Yeah. No, I, the one thing that it, it's just, I'm not even going to say it's like, it pisses me off anymore. Cause it's like, it, it just, ha- you continue to hear it, but all these firsts, you know, first for this first for that like you know the thing is is that it's overdue that's what it is it's overdue yep it's overdue for a long time you know if if here's the thing if my bread is good enough to take as a patron and you're gonna sit here and and charge me for this or that or to get into this place and to buy a ticket and to you know get something to eat and get something to drink but I would never be able to play here. That's just, to me, that's just a stupid way of logic and thinking. Period. If, if my wife and I have the bread to be a member and only I can be a member, then you can keep your membership. Fuck off. Yep. That's, you know, that's just what it comes down to. And those courses that are not allowing women Man, get your get your shit together, players. Let just just get it together. Yeah, and don't go fucking golfing in Illinois if you don't have to. Shit. Right. Please. It's it's terrible. So. Nothing uh, against Illinois, you know. I got folk there, but you know, shit. I ain't golfing with them over there. That's the truth. So, uh, let's go into something lighter. 
And um, I want to get into, um, we're going to ask our guest um, on the back nine a few more questions to kind of get their opinion on on what they're thinking um, and what they feel. So um, last week we had some questions and they were popular and so we want to get your feel. So uh, first question to you guys, is it whack to walk red on Sundays like Tiger or nah? MD. I don't rock red at all. So whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, red ain't my thing. So oh, that tells you we got, out. we got a crib. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, man, I can't do that walk. I'll turn an ankle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, nature boy, thoughts on the red. Uh, I think the only day you can wear it is Sunday in honor of, you know, I mean, I have a lot of red shirts, um, but when it comes to golf, I, if you're playing on Sunday, I think you should just as a, a tribute to how cool it was to see that red on Sundays. Right. And you're like, ah, oh, here we go. Here we go. So I, I, I don't know. I like red. Aside from my red bias, I just can't be out there on Sunday with motherfuckers looking at me like, this motherfucker thinks he's Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have it. <laughs> hey, if you're in their head, though, I mean, that's part of it. You know, you show up looking like that, they might, well, then they'll see me tee off and they'll be like, all right, never mind. He's an idiot. But. <laughs> <laughs> think a bucket of balls should be included in a round like we're paying these high fees so what's your your guys's thoughts on this let's go with you nate um i think it absolutely should um you know the the coolest places i played at they were cool because i got free range balls you know, and it's nice to not necessarily get a bucket, but when they just have them out there, because if I just want to go out and I'm, you know, it's going to be a show up, push your cleats on, go and just tee off. You go and hit five, six balls. That's awesome. I don't want to pay for a full bucket just to hit 10 balls. And then the same thing, if it's, you know, you're lucky enough to actually get out there early enough, you can take your time. You can hit as many as you want. Um, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, they make so much money, especially with the expansion of golf in the last year. You'd like to see more of it, um, but you know, it's it's a money maker. It's it'd be hard to stop just printing money if I had the ability. So <laughs> nice, MD. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the the concept of free balls included is I don't know. It's kind of a false premise because ultimately they're going to get their money whether it's rolled into your tee time your greens fees. So you think it's free or, or whatever, they're going to get their money anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, the nicer courses you go to and, you know, it's included. So you're not worrying about going to fill up a bucket and the hassle of all of that. So I think that's probably really a question is, should it just be part of your greens fee where they're just out there and you're not going through the whole process of, you know, waiting for the machine and getting in line and, balls spraying all over the ground and shit. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I think that, that you know that's that would be nice. That would be nice. So, so, so um, we kind of talked about this last week, but uh, music or no music while you're playing your rounds. All right, I'll go first on this. So, uh, one of my good golf buddies, we've had this conversation many times, and uh, it depends. There's not, I don't think there's a yes or a no here. Um, I've had rounds where I needed music to kind of chill me out. Um, you get into a groove if the music is, if, if you know it and you're just kind of, it, it kind of helps take away some of that overthinking that I think people do with golf. Um, but then <laughs> there's times where, like when you're with, I, I'll put it this way, music, yes, if you're with people you know, no music if it's people you don't know. Um, I was playing up here at Riverdale once and this guy, he was playing music and it was hip hop. It was good. Um, and I was in the middle of a, of a, a, a swing, nice little chippy 50 yards. Like, oh, I got this. And he was playing too short and I hadn't listened to too short in a while. So I was into it. Right. And, and at my, right in the middle of my backswing, he changes the song. Guess where my ball went? It was, it was gone. Just, you know, it, it, so music's a weird, weird topic. Great question. I think it's, it's, I, I'm okay with it. Um, but the music can't change. It just gotta, you just put it on and you just let it go. Yeah, I'm good with or without. I mean, we probably have it or I probably have it, you know, 75% of the time. And I think the only time where it stresses me out and becomes a negative is, you know, kind of like you said, when you, you're either playing with people that you don't know, which in those instances, you usually aren't playing it. But for me, it's if it's playing too loud and you know it's affecting other groups that you're not playing with, then I get a little, you know, nervous about that. I'm like, you, will you motherfuckers turn that down? There are other golfers out here. <laughs> that's what I, that's when it affects me. But mm -hmm. if it's just playing, I don't really care what's going on. Um, I, mean, I actually, I probably deal better with a little more, you know, noise and chaos and it just brings me back into a shell. So. Agreed. Well, I have a friend too, who um, he has uh, celebrities in his family and he has told me that at, celebrity golf tournaments and you know practice rounds of professionals like it's music it's always music they're always playing music so you know i obviously that's all hearsay from a friend of mine but i would take his word that you know even you know i think there's almost this misconception of like golf you know we see it in tournaments and everything obviously there's no music but like the you know 98 percent of the time that they're not playing it's it's music so I, he's told me that before and it's kind of made me feel a little better about, you know, listening to music when other people that I maybe don't know, but you know, maybe you start, you play music, the back nine. I don't know, but. No, I was playing that shit from the jump. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, what are you guys doing this, uh, this week to improve your game? This week, uh, 
I might start swinging again. Uh, what is it? It's May already? Shit. <laughs> our, our tour starts in uh, less than six weeks. Yep. Um, yeah, it's been it's been brutal, man. For like the last four months, I'm like, all right, I'm starting this week. Oh, we're three months out. I better get going. Now we're a month and a half and still haven't done anything yet. I, I, last week I hit, I have a net in the basement. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get it going. My third shot, my third swing hits the top of the net and just tears the whole fucking thing out of the ceiling. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a net down there, and the kids thought it was a cargo net, so they ripped it down, so I tried to fix it. I didn't do it very well because, yeah, my third shot, I mean, you know, I, I am getting kind of tough, but, yeah, I just tore the whole fucking thing out of the ceiling. I hope that's... Uh you know, a sign of things to come on the tour, at least, you know, anyways, um, I am playing nine tomorrow and I'm playing 18 on Friday. Um, squeezing in on the only two days that actually the weather's supposed to be pretty nice. So that's what I'm doing. I got a new club. I got a break in. So I'd like to go maybe get to the range before one of those rounds just to hit my new club. And yeah, that's about it. Um, let's talk about, uh, golf lessons. So are you with golf lessons or are you not a fan of golf lessons? Let's go with you, nature boy. Well, um, MD, you had referred earlier to like watching YouTube videos and like, you know, in the off season and stuff, I don't watch uh, golf. This is going to sound weird. I don't watch golf videos at all. I don't, I don't like golf for me. I feel is so for just for me, my, where I need to grow the most is in between my ears. So watching and altering my swing in certain ways, it is always backfired for me. That being said, I would like to do golf lesson, but not a range session. I want to go and play around with somebody and have them, just work on things that I want them to work on. I don't want advice on everything. I don't want advice on certain parts of my game. I, I would, I would do that. Um, but I am even hesitant for that just because like I said, it's be in between the ears. So it's almost like too much information for me is not, is not good for my game. I've just got to figure it out. I feel so comfortable with my swing and my distances that, you know, there's something to it where I just kind of figure it out as well as I can. I've never had a lesson. I've never, I, I don't watch the videos, like I said. Um, so yes and no. I, I know that doesn't really answer the question, but um, that's my thoughts on lessons. Yeah, I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of little stints with lessons. Uh, one of them was like, my wife was like, oh, there's this guy that will get four sessions and, you know, do a, you know, a, a couple's thing. And I think I got maybe one pointer out of that that I may still use to this day. Um, and then took another lesson over at Park Hill that completely ruined any anything that was going good with my game. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was a travesty. I didn't even finish. I think C. Pipes, he's the same guy. 
and I think it jacked him up too. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's just been, you know, working on it myself and then, you know, not necessarily, you know, going to YouTube or whatever, but just finding something that, that resonates. Because I, I think that's a large part of it is, you know, because a few years back I did go to YouTube and try to, you know, find some tips to do this or that. And nothing was clicking for me. Nothing was really, you know, speaking to me. And I found one video on driving the ball that still to this day, I can go back to when things start spraying. If I just do what that video tells me to do, I'm back in the fairway. We're getting the round back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, lessons seems like something that you've got to be invested in and do a lot of, which we don't have time for that shit. <laughs> I mean, right. the, the priority on being that good just isn't that big of a priority. So, yeah, let's go hack away and have some fun. Yep. Nice. Well, you know, fellas, we appreciate you uh, talking about how you're getting ready for, you know, your your uh, your summer and probably late fall of golf. So we appreciate it. Uh, we're going to get into, you know, our, our uh, great segment, our weekly segment where we start talking about what are we hating on? Hey, 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 oh, hey, 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 hey. Yes, indeed. And I'm sure we're, we're going to bring some fire this week on what we're hating on. And so we'll let our guests go first. So, uh, uh, Nature Boy, do you have anything? Fire? You got anything you, you're hating on this week? Go get them. I do. Um, this might sound weird, um, and it's my weekly. Um, yes, I'm an educator, so that's why it sounds weird. I'm going to hate on college right now. Um, and not because I don't think it's important or you don't gain skills and 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 things you need um but i feel college has turned into like you you need to go to college to be successful and that mindset has damaged a lot of people's potential their credit um you know specific fields go and learn that i mean they have you know trade schools well go and learn what you want to do. Um, But all the other bullshit that you can learn or that you should have been learning for 12 years in education, why do I have to take it again? And I say this from the lens of, you know, I have a a sophomore in high school, so we're thinking about college and, um, you know, I have tons of student debt that it's ridiculous that, the education I have, which I value, I value my education, but a, I don't value it to the, to the point of the, the debt that I'm in. And it's, it's, it's almost a trap. Like it, it, it just bothers me. For example, tonight, my daughter, we were talking about her grades and she got a grade that is not normally where she's at. And that's right where I went. And I was like, God, don't be a dick. Like acknowledge all the other good. But right in my head, I was like, well, GPA matters when it comes to how much college is going to cost. And that's bullshit. You know, like I, I just, I, I, I don't agree with 
how how you have to pay how much college is i'll put it that way for what mm-hmm. you get out of it a lot of the 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 things that i've learned in my life have been through life experiences um like i said i mean i college was valuable to me absolutely but it's just turned into like if you don't go to college you can't be successful and i i just hate that theme i hate that you know like there's so much that you can offer to this world that has nothing to do with you going to college and success is really a you know it's a relative thing it's a, it's, it's your perspective if you want to just have a nice little home someday with a, a family fine that's that's awesome right but there's this you've got to go out and you've got to do all this great things you got to change the world and the only way to do that is to I, I don't know i just have a problem with how college is set up right now and it's such a big money maker for the government right like student loans and the interest they make i mean it's just I don't know. I, 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 I'm rethinking strategies and, and conversations I've had with my own children about college, you know, the older I get. And I just, I hate that feeling. It's like, I feel like you're stuck because you've set them out on this path of this is your road to success, but it really isn't. And it sets such high standards. And I, you know, I work in a K eight and I've got middle schoolers who are already worried about their grades in middle school because it's going to impact their college. You know, like I don't remember any college ever looking at your middle school transcripts, but that's where parents are going. And I, I was there. I was I had a foot in the door tonight and I felt really terrible about it. Um, and it's just I was upset about like how college put me in that spot. So I'm, I'm just hating on the college system right now. Like the, the system needs to be blown up. It needs to be rethought, it, you know, and, and our current administration is talking about giving, you know, two years of free community college. I think that's a great start. You know, let, let people go in and and see if college is for them. You know, sometimes it's not, sometimes it is, but it just needs to change. Nice. Andy, your time. Get up. Oh, my time on Hayden. I think I want to make it a little light this week. Avocados, you're on blast. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> avocados have the world fooled man um yeah avocados guacamole it's 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 not about me hating the, the taste or the texture you're just a you're you're a non-contributor and, I, and i'm done with it Get everybody's paying extra for this shit Get y'all are fooled man you're all a fool um <laughs> I mean, how you really expect me to believe that guac is better than than salsa and queso? I mean, get the fuck out of here. Get um, but oh, I, I pay extra because it's a superfood, <laughs> dude. If, if avocados, if superfoods were were superheroes or, or or the Avengers, avocados would be Hawkeye. Get I mean, em. you're you're fucking pointless, avocados. Get up. So that's that's my fucking rant. That's that's my whole my life energy goes against the avocado. Um, <laughs> secondary to that, I know people listening don't see this, but we've got three Bronco fans. I'm in the Lions den right now, Get and I'm hating on you, Bronco fans. Whoa. Hating. Get up. Thursday at the draft, my phone is blowing up. Because I'm a Packers fan. And 
how do you feel about Rogers leaving you? And it just blasts my phone all night long. Y'all need to settle the fuck down. Get him. Rogers is not going to Denver. Get, Get out of your echo chamber. Get Stop him. listening to the damn local sports talk. <laughs> it's too much. We will make that motherfucker retire before we trade him to Denver. Get him. That's probably going to happen. That's probably going to happen. I mean, good riddance. If you want to fucking retire, you go ahead. But that motherfucker is hosting Jeopardy before he ever steps on whatever the fuck you call that stadium over there now. Get him. Oh, boy. Hey, I, I, hey calm down now. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that was my initial response to everybody texting me. R E L A X. Relax. You're not getting them. I thought you had Bridgewater. I thought you had your man. All right, I'm done. Well, I on that, uh, I'm gonna bring in uh old flea ass Terry Bradshaw. He uh wants to talk about Aaron's money. And he's a dickhead for bringing that up and trying to be in my man's pockets and talking about he needs to settle in and play and do all this shit. Sit your bald headed ass down and go on your reality TV shows and sit there and just look foolish like you are and how people see you and talk your nonsense about the Steelers and whatever you want. But you old ass fleas that be hating on the younger athletes and their money and shit, sit down and shut the fuck up. Get up. And I'm <laughs> done with that. So, Shook. So, I'm, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to talk about two things that actually two people already have brought up. So, one thing is, is what I'm going to hate on because I heard this story and it just made me fucking sick to my stomach. Okay. There's a story out there that I think it was, I, uh, I can't remember what news station it was, but um, they were talking about how teachers are quitting the profession to go and deliver food for DoorDash or whatever, you know, all these fucking Uber Eats and all this bullshit, okay? Why I'm, I'm hating on this is because we have a, already have an issue with education in this, this country, if I can go out and fucking make more money delivering food, I can paying attention to teaching and in some cases babysitting these bad motherfuckers that are out here. Get up. Seriously? So the education system and the lawmakers get your fucking shit together and start paying these teachers. So that way, that's a it's a profession that people want to go out here and do, and that way our kids have a better future. Amen. So, and the second one is I'm gonna start talking about my favorite team, my Broncos. All right, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna talk about one person in this organization who I just call him number seven. Okay, he was a great player. I'm going to say that again. He was a great player. That shit never transitioned to your GM ass. Get up. 
who has now put us in a fucked up position. Get up. You, we don't have a fucking tackle. Get up. You drafted fucking Paxton Lynch. Get up. And Jawan James is the biggest fuck up. It might be a bigger fuck up than uh, what's the what's the dude from the Raiders? Uh, Russell. Yeah. Get up. Jawan James might be the biggest fuck up in NFL in NFL history next to Jamarcus Russell. Get up. And I'm putting that on you, Seven. Get up. So I would prefer for you to step fully away from the team and only do engagements where we see your ass on TV. I'm sick and tired of seeing you in the box, bro, because you're fucking my team up. Mm. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but I don't give a fuck. Get up. Man, shots fired at the God. <laughs> wow. And that. Edge, what do you think about him going to ownership and, and just owning the team? Not here. No, I think he's got to go somewhere else, bro. Because he'll fuck the team up again. Yep. Hey, man, he got you a championship. He brought Peyton Manning. He had to be twisted What's to do that. Hey, he had that sway. He pulled him in. True. Yeah, but that's all. This is also the dude that drafted Paxton Lynch, dude, and, and mm-hmm. tried to tell us that Case Keenan was the truth. Mm-hmm. But when he brings in Aaron Rodgers next week, we'll talk. Hey, it won't be him that brings him in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if he brings him in, it'll be after June 2nd or whatever. Well, in which case, he's your problem now. <laughs> that wraps up our. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, that was some good hate. So, uh, Reg, to lighten the mood with our hate, uh, why don't you talk about this golf gig and song of the week that we have here? Oh, man. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I gotta, let me shake that bad juju off because I have to, man. That this, this, this has been pissing me off for a long time, man. But yes, we're getting into the gigging song of the week. When I heard this, it took me back. Uh, the voice, when you hear it, um, it's, uh, you know, it's a voice that's going to take you back to probably a lot of moments in your life and listening to uh, cuts from Nate Dog. But this is his son. His son is uh, an artist out here doing his thing named Inhale, and this is uh, In My Hood. Yes, indeed. In my hood. Like to roll a place that you can't go. You better watch your hoe in my hood. Where them tweakers live on sight. At night they just might fight. I wonder how they live that life in my hood. Niggas stay fly with them fits. The ones hating you grew up with. When you show love, they'll never get. In my hood Granny's still on the block But not long since I'm getting hot Liquor store run, that's her favorite spot In my hood At times I like to get away And just pray on better days My main man caught another case In my hood In my eyes he did no wrong In my hood Make sure you go golf in your hood too. You know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed. In your hood. Don't 
that sound just like him though? Man, it does. Not, maybe not just like him, but it's close. It's close. Hold up. You know. So, hey, we're about to wrap it up. So, uh, anyone have any final shout outs? MD, final shout outs. Uh, just shout out to, to the family, to the wife. She had to uh, handle some things while we did this pod tonight. Shout out to my two kids. You know, they're in soccer right now, holding it down. Um, and then shout, shout out to the Hard Knock Slice crew. We're going to get it going here in about five weeks. So, yeah, I look forward to that. Word. Nature boy. Uh, well, family, of course. It is Cinco de Mayo. Um, there was a little neighborhood soiree going on that uh, I left to go. You know, I went to my tennis, came and had a couple of beers with some neighborhood friends, and then came here and the family was cool with it. They understood how much I enjoy doing this. Um, so shout out to the family, the hard knock slice crew as well. Indeed. Thank you for, you know, bringing Reg and I in. Uh, I, I truly, truly am thankful uh, and appreciative of it. It's it's I'm, I'm super excited. Reg, uh, image, you know, like I said before, every time I'm on this show, I learn something new. I think of something I haven't in a while. You make me think, you make me learn. And I appreciate that. And the last one, um, when we did our master special, C pipes talked about, he gave a shout out to science and I want to second that. And I thought about that a lot. Like it's looking like it's going to be a summer where we'll do this podcast together in person outside, mm-hmm. um, maybe on a golf course somewhere. So I want to give a shout out to to science as well. Word. Shook. Yeah. So always um, shout out to the fellas. Appreciate y'all um, and MD for uh, motivating me to get my golf game right for this tour. So I'm going to do my best and we'll see what happens this summer, man. Um, I also want to give a big, humongous Shout out to my man, George Patton, a real GM who brought in a hell of a player (laughs) in Patrick Sertan II. That's how you do it. That's how you execute. That's how you do things. So I just want to say I appreciate that because you're showing others in your vertical what they need to do. He's going to look good in green and cold. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. But hey, at least he made the pick. But I just, this is a, you know, but, uh, you know, to the fellas, what's up? Happy Cinco de Mayo to everyone. Um, you know, and, and that's about it. Well, I want to shout out my fan bam because they're the jam. Um, the beautiful lady of my life. You always be the lady of my life, Michael Jackson. Um, the Red Cup boys that are coming soon. Um, appreciate that. It'll be all of us talking about other sports, especially football, because we get animated into it. So Red Cup boys, the hard knock slicers, because we're going to start our tournament. And uh, that's our community. And uh, appreciate all the hard knock slicers actually jumping on this podcast and uh, being a part of this journey that we're taking. And uh, appreciate the fans and everyone pushing our show and listening and the support that we're getting. Shout out to Turmeric Tequila. Shout out to the Black Barbie. Shout out to my son who had a a bomb ass week in sports. Uh, shout out CJ who 
uh, single-handedly almost brought his team back and had an amazing couple one-hand catches in his flag game. And then uh, in his three-on-three tournament, got to the Final Four, which we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, in the two rounds that they played, they only allowed the teams to score two points total. So uh, right on, um, solid with that. And you playing defense and uh, appreciate you, son. So shout out to that. So, Reg, go ahead and take us out of here. As always, you know, make sure that you are taking care of yourself, but also take care of each other. Mental health is real, man. And I think this is an opportunity. This podcast is an opportunity for us to kind of express ourselves and to get out some of the things that, you know, we we need to. But I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of people that don't have an avenue like this. So, you know, if you can be an ear, if you can if you can listen to someone who might be in trouble or just you know, try to reach out to people who you haven't heard from in a while, um, I think uh, would be very appreciated. Because like I said, take care of yourself, but take care of each other. Yeah. Beats, yeah. Beats, yeah. This is El Negro. This is El Negro. El Negro.